Hey, what's up, Masood? How's it going, man? Good, man. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, so thanks for uh, joining this uh, episode. Uh, for, for those who are listening, I really, the intention behind this episode was to really have conversations with different people and uh, really get their thoughts on uh, different things, their interests, their ideas. Now, it's really interesting because my love uh, for conversations and for, you know, talking, debating really goes way back with Masood. We, uh, I've known him for 15 years uh, almost. And, uh, you know, we used to have hours on end conversations back in eighth grade, ninth grade about many different things. And that's kind of uh, where this, uh, this all started around, uh, around that time. And uh, anyways, man, thanks for joining. How's how's everything been? How's your life been in in quarantine? Let's let's start there. How are you? How are you holding up? Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Like I started off thinking that this is not sustainable for me because I'm a social character, at least from what I understand. Um, I like seeing people. I like being. But then I realized after this new life was kind of like designed, uh, I was like, you know what? It's not a bad idea to just not do most of the things that we used to do before. Um, yeah, no, I still get to meet people, but it is in a better way. I assume it's not, you know, the idea of, uh, office as good as it is, it's kind of outdated with the new generation, in my opinion. So, uh, working from home hasn't been that bad. Of course there are, limitations in some way but like it's not that bad honestly okay so, so so but overall you're overall you're finding it uh better or you're coping with it better than when you were back in the office like you think this is something sustainable right like this is this is going to continue or do you think it's going to be kind of like half half with people going into the office and uh, some people working from home well it's definitely it's always a gradient right like uh it's never going to be the way where everybody sits at home and work because not everyone can have a similar type of job you gotta be sometimes there even like in terms of work right now sometimes it would be more appreciated to have face-to-face -face meetings to get things go a bit faster than online but it gets the work done at least on our end which is mainly you know we do our work mainly with laptop and humans come secondary to that because mm. i cannot get access to anyone i want on a laptop and i don't really need to see anyone's face um in person i mean but yeah what was your question Brad? i yeah I, I don't know what the what the actual question was but uh yeah i just wanted to see how you're holding up because for me personally uh, it's it's been good because obviously like I have my own schedule in between meetings. I go out, I take a little walk, yeah. I come back. So it's been good from that end. And ironically, I've also been uh, a lot more fit than I was. Obviously, yeah, same, like, with same. a lot more exercises, right? You've been exercising a lot? Yeah, man. Like, I, I, I actually work out more now versus pre-COVID. I mean, COVID is like this moment in time, yeah. you know, pre-COVID and COVID. Um, I actually work out now because I can work during the day. I can work during my lunch break like from 12 to one, which is my workout time right now. But, um, and something I would never have done when I was in the office, like I would come home tired, I would eat and then commuting and like, you know, the idea of commuting right now, it sounds so strange to me. Like, why would you spend, you know, 8am packed in a subway talking to me? Whereas, you know, you wake up right now, drink your coffee, go on the laptop, do your work actually, and do it even better because you're more focused. You're, uh, you're by your own, nobody's distracting you, nobody's telling you about some story of, they, you know what I mean? Like, they don't yeah, distract no, you with some Commuting, commuting for sure is something that 
I don't miss at all. That's that's for yeah. sure. And then another thing is, like you said, I mean, with with the internet and this platform that we have and all that infrastructure, you know, there is so much more capability to do things remotely from anywhere that you want. And that's that's the beautiful thing about it. Now people can go and be where they want to be, spend time with their family and be at a place where they create their own productive kind of uh, space to yeah, work, exactly. you know? It gives it gives the power to the people, kind of, you know. Because, by the way, I just want to say I don't dress like this at home. I'm just doing this for the interview, right? <laughs> just to stay <laughs> real. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it gives the power to people, and you're you're able to kind of create your own office, your own work culture, and your own timetable. I was, I was speaking with my director the other day, and he was like, "Get yeah, a very good point of view." He's like, "As long as the work is done." I don't really care on how you do it, on, on why you do it, or things like that. As long as everything is in order, I'm yeah. cool with it. And I think that's where the millennial sort of leadership will continue, in my opinion. I think uh, home office will be the future of office. Like, it frees up many real estate for people, for businesses. It opens up many opportunities for people to um, be able to work on a, on a, on a, on a, on a, on a, what do you call it? Like, um, outer like on an international basis, on a global basis, you don't have to be limited to your city. You don't have to be limited to your commute. You don't need to come pay high rents in, for example, downtown Toronto to have a downtown job because you can just do it from whatever Whitby or whatever some city yeah. that you are yeah. in. Um, but yeah, and it's breaking boundaries, man. Yesterday I was reading this article. There was this new term that I that I learned. It was called netizens. It's like citizens, but it's netizens, like. It's citizens of the internet. Oh, really? Yeah. So we're all like citizens of the internet now. There is no boundaries. And like you said, like international, right? We can be anywhere. And as long as we are contributing to the bottom line and uh, achieving the results that we set out to achieve, then like you said, your director doesn't care when you start working or what you're yeah. doing, how you're doing it, as long as the bottom result is there. That's, uh, exactly. that's, that's interesting. Now, I just want to kind of transition to uh, something that you talked about, millennial leadership. You, you mentioned that's, a, that's an interesting term. So obviously, you went from uh, studying finance at, at U, U of T, Rodman Commerce. Now you're working uh, you know, as, a, as a data consultant in a data field, a data-related job. Can you talk more about that? Why did you choose that field uh, in particular? Is it because of your interests or you know, uh, what, what's, what, are the, what are the reasons around that? Yeah, like I, so I studied, just to give background, I studied finance and economics in U of T Robin, Robin School. Uh, and I got a job uh, at Home Depot as a financial analyst. So basically forecasting sales and margin metrics and coming up in ways on how to improve margin and how to increase sales and things like that. Basically financial analysis to the core. Uh, but during that job, I started to learn how to work with analytics, basically how to come up with better forecasts using tools uh, such as Alteryx, Tableau, uh, Excel, obviously, but mainly Alteryx at the time where I was building a lot of workflows and automating many jobs. And while I was doing that, I realized I am pretty much cutting the, 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 the exact branch that I'm sitting on, which is financial analysis. And I'm pretty much doing the, I'm giving the work off to technically robots, software robots to do it for me. And that's where I kind of like clicked in my head. I'm like, you know what? Data is going to be the future. Information is is going to be the new oil. You know, it's going to be new gold. Data is is 
where we are able to actually create so many opportunities. And in order for me to be able to make this impact, you know, because millennials love making impact, is is to be able to understand data. And that's how I pivoted my way. And I always tell people, like, don't be afraid of pivoting. Don't be afraid of using certain opportunities as an inflection point in your life because you never know what's that going to bring. Like, I never knew I was going to be in data. I hated programming, you know. Now I'm learning programming. Now I'm learning Python, learning SQL, all these things. Uh, I'm still not a programmer. I don't consider myself somebody who codes, but I understand it now. Now somebody can, they don't, they, they wouldn't be able to tell me something that I don't know in some way, you know. And, yeah, so I, 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 uh, I looked into it and I found this job uh, as a data consultant in CIBC. I've been working over the past year, year and a half, and it's been a great opportunity for me to learn so many different things, man. Like I, I when, when I was when I was at Home Depot, my my exposure to data was very limited because they would just give it to me. Mm-hmm. Now I went one step ahead, and now I understand where data comes from. Now I understand the importance of data quality, data consistency, data verifiability. You know, and basically data management, and being able to have that perspective will give you a tool for the next step, whatever the next step is going to be. And I think I recommend people to look into it. Definitely good point, man. Like data is the new oil, like you mentioned. And if you're able to figure out patterns and tell stories within yeah. the data that you're analyzing, that's that's very powerful, uh, like you mentioned. Because, because yeah, so go ahead. Yeah, like at the end of the day, uh, all what businesses are trying to do is understand what customer needs and provide that product or innovator innovation or whatever for the customer for their for their consumer basically in the market. And what data does is basically helps us understand where humans are coming from and and you know teaches us on how behavior patterns affect everything and affect the business and things like that. And you're able then to create a more innovative product, a more dynamic business, a more dynamic model. And, and yeah, like think of it this way. You remember, I don't know when it was on Instagram, everybody started posting it. It was like the end of the year or something where Spotify had this thing where they would analyze your music taste and give you a report. That is pretty much data analysis on your customer. Like they are tracking every single uh, behavior that you have on Spotify at least you hope on Spotify only uh, and give you a report on who you are pretty much like Spotify knows your music taste better than you know your music taste. And that it starts with Spotify, but it's going to span across every company. Every company will need to be able to approach uh, this sort of strategy to be able to understand their customer at a unique specific level to you, not to a mass person. Like the mass is no more than mass. The mass is now, a collective of individuals that you can understand them and exactly approach them in that specific way. Mm-hmm. That's what like Facebook and Instagram are doing. That's that's a good point. You you're able to tell a lot of good stories from data. That's that's for sure. So yeah. that's that's really good. You're you're in this field now. You're learning more about data about Python. Just digging a little deeper into that. How much are you focusing on? becoming a technical person within that or actually how conscious are you about that regarding whether you want to be uh, very technical around it or do you want to really figure out what the bigger picture is because let's say in my own experience i also you know go in and i study let's say something regarding python then you go do some process mining you do another language but then after that 
do you think there's a way that we can consolidate all of this, elevate ourselves above it and see the bigger picture and try to really be the manager of this, this whole ecosystem rather than diving deep into the details? Yeah, um, it's true. I mean, uh, it's, it's very personal. Some people would find themselves more technical than others. I, I have never really found myself a technical person, you know, even since I was a kid, like I, I'm not good at doing technical stuff, but what I'm good at is understanding technical stuff and being able to come up with strategies on how to be able to do things better, which is pretty much what you said is standing on top of your knowledge and creating wisdom out of it because the transition from the transition of information is the way it goes. It starts with data and you would hope that you turn data into information and in that information you would hope that you would turn it into knowledge and ultimately that knowledge will have to turn into wisdom. Hmm. So what you're pretty much trying to do is to be able to gather as much knowledge Like even in the work that I do, for example, I'm the data analytic visual guy that I create visual analytics, basically. Mm -hmm. At least that's a portion of what I do. Um, but on the other hand, I got I got an understanding of data data governance. I got an understanding on SaaS and how it works and things like that that are not in the scope of my field because you will never be able to come up with a great strategy without understanding the ins and outs of every other business. And again, you're not the technical guy. You're not the guy. Like look at for example Hitchcock, right? And as one of my role models, like he as a, as a filmmaker. Maybe he was not a good cinematographer. Maybe he was not a good sound guy, but he had enough understanding in his own head about every every different aspect of making a movie or making making a great film, like Rare Window or something like that, that he would be able to picture the movie in his head before it would actually come up because he would understand the limitations of the camera guy. He would understand the limitations of the sound guy. He would understand the limitations of lighting, you know, and these are important because without those understanding, your idea, like, uh, I always say, like, I don't know if, no, I didn't say that. I, I saw a tweet, I think it was either Kanye or I don't know who it was. It was, art is free. Design is giving shape to that freedom. Hmm. So if you want to be a great designer, you need to pretty much shape up your knowledge and create some sort of framework that you want to work with and go ahead with it. Because at the end of the day, then you're just a free-flowing guy. And, like, and in this world that we live in, you need design. You need design in order to go ahead. Hmm. Interesting. So art, so basically art is very free and you take all of that and you mold it, customize it to what your reality wants, your design is like, right? And that's why if you look at it this way, the greatest artists of all time, of all time that uh, people have a lot of respect for and their work lasts along are at the same time great designers as well. They're not strictly artists like Maya Angelou, like um, who else was it? For Picasso. example, Da Vinci. You know, yeah, these yeah. are designers, these are, these are architects, these are people that can create useful design out of art. It's just not a random painting because that guy can make a building out of that and, and you know, create a whole renaissance movement right after all these designs. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's interesting. Re yeah. So renaissance, that's, that's, a, that's a good transition. I wanted to ask you about this too. So you right now, don't, do you consider yourself a financial analyst? Do you consider yourself a data consultant? Do you con and we're going to get to some other things that you do as well regarding the art and everything too, but what do you really see yourself as? Or, or do you think that we can be multiple things in this day and age and we're not restricted to one specific label? Oh, absolutely. I think it's actually a good question you're asking now. Maybe I, I, we used to say this, at least I used to say this 
at least five years ago that we are going through a renaissance but now i think everyone can see it now like look at it like everyone that you know is right now trying to find a hobby or they're right now on the gram promoting some shit like, sorry sorry for using profanity uh no no that's but, cool that's cool that's cool um and they're they're doing different things and i think i think it is the time where where the internet is i got this quote is not for myself i forgot where it's coming from but the internet is the new roman empire it's it's the new it's it's where everybody is able to be whoever they want to be and i think it's a great moment in history where yeah it is it is some sort of a renaissance in my opinion because i don't consider myself a data guy i don't consider myself a financial analyst or a finance or economics guy i have understanding of these and i can work and i can make money out of them out of these skills that i have but just because i can make money out of them that doesn't define me that doesn't define who i am i am just able to monetize these skills in the world that we currently live in maybe in the next 10 years i can make money out of something else you know that's that's yeah. a that's that's an interesting point so then talking about the internet and the way that it provides us with these sets of skills that we're able to diversify them all across. So the internet is a tool though, right? And I think that um, people who are wise enough and are opportunistic enough would take advantage of all the things that this is offering. But unfortunately, there's a large group of people as well who are just using the internet as a platform to consume and, you know, spend their time uh, not doing anything productive with it too, right? So, so that's also another thing, but overall, I, I do see your point that we're going towards a Renaissance age. People are doing a lot of different things. And, uh, let's say with you right now, you're also doing something that's uh, related to, you know, uh, uh fashion and, uh, you're creating a lot of, uh, different things, whether it's, uh, paintings or, or, uh, clothing and things like that. Uh, how's that going? It's going well. I think it's, it's, it's a. For me, at least in my experience, I never looked at it as a new job or a new thing. It was, it was, it was, it was escape for me. It is escape for me. Basically, it's it's escape from the box that uh, society or or you know work culture or career puts you in. That you're this person. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll be this person. I'll make I'll make money if you need me to make money. I'll get the credit score that you want me to have in this in this world. But I'm going to still do every other thing that I still want to do, whether I make money out of it or not. And like fashion, for example, has been something, uh, I don't know how deep are we going to get into it, but it, it is an interest of mine since childhood. It is something that I've always uh, had an attention of. And now that I'm able to stand on my own feet and, you know, have a perspective on things and with the understanding that I have in banking, in technology, in finance, how, how can I bring all of that into a piece of sweater, for example. How can I bring all of that into, a sh you know, a pair of shoes? You know, um, so and I and I recommend people to have their own scapes as well because living in a box will will kind of limit you as who you are as a person. Interesting. So escape, uh, and when you say escape, what do you mean by that? Is it like are you trying to balance out the left and right right side of your brain and kind of like? have something where you're using a lot of analytics and logic and uh, reason and then move towards something else that's a lot more free flow and you're not really uh, using those departments but you're rather like using a lot of your creativity is is that what you mean by escape or maybe it's not a it's not a conscious act to be right. honest right. uh 
maybe maybe it is that you're right you touch on a good point maybe it is escaping away from frameworks and logical reasoning to something that i can just do whatever nobody can tell me what's wrong or what's right because mm. it's just my world you know yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that is the beauty of it for sure but at the same time is being like, there are multiple reasons of why, for example, I want to go into fashion, but it's not, it's not necessarily escape. It's necessarily to create the impact that I want in a specific industry, just like how I wanted to come into banking, yeah. uh, moving away from retail. Uh, I want to be able to go into fashion and do something, but something that I personally, uh, am dealing with is one of my resolutions and challenges is to be able to focus, you know, because you could pick up so many, you know, in Iranian, we say you can pick up so many watermelons and none of them will get to the destination because you'll end up you know, throwing them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you you got to focus. You got to put the 10,000 hours in. And I'm, I'm in that journey. And I'm trying to build my 10,000 hours in whatever field that I'm working on. You, you actually touched on something that, like, triggers a lot of different thoughts in my mind. That's focus. <laughs> like, really, focus. Yeah. And that's something that, that. that's something that... I am currently not good at and for multiple reasons, whether it's different distractions with the people around me, the technology around me, you know, and I think that one of the biggest barriers to my progress in whatever field that I want to get into, right, uh, is, yeah. is this is this ability to be able to sit down and, like you said, you know, focus not necessarily 10,000 hours, but, you know, obviously being able to synthesize information and discipline yourself enough to be able to absorb you know absorb knowledge and act on it yeah. so you said focus how do you have any do you have any sort of i wouldn't say roadmap but like mental model around how we can increase our focus in a day and age where we're always bombarded by so many different things whether it's coming from people or from technology or just so many things right so what's your mental model around dealing with that and you know, being laser focused on some of the things that you want to do personally to progress. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in that journey too. I'm I'm still finding answers, but one of the ways. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to change your perspective, not change or at least look at things. Try to look at things differently, basically outside the box. At the end of the day, us humans as an individual, we're 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 we're, we're a being in space and time and all you got right now is the time that you have so everything starts with with time allocation you know it's before capital allocation before everything else is time allocation you got this bunch of time that you have it's limited you know it's limited and you have to think about how i'm going to allocate time because these times that i allocate will need to later on give me returns basically return on investment mm -hmm. and the only way that you can actually accomplish things or achievements or whatever you want to accomplish is when you allocate the correct amount of time to that in a consistent manner, appropriately and adequately, not too much, not too less. Uh, so the best you can do is what like Jordan Peterson, for example, says, like, you got to be able to build a schedule, a timetable, you know, like I try my best. It's hard. I know. I know it's, it sounds cheesy when I say it. It's, it's hard. But like, you know, you got to wake up in the morning, you know, I, I want, I'm going to work this much. Then I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to do that. And then you repeat and you repeat and you repeat. And I, I noticed that in working out more because I was not a consistent person in workout and I would never really see any benefits. But the moment where I started to create a calendar or basically the program that I have, I am working on mm -hmm. has a calendar. And now I can see consistent results because I applied consistency 
to force and attention, you know? So you have force, you have attention, you apply consistency to it, then you see results basically. Um, and yeah, so being able to allocate your time efficiently, as cheesy as it sounds, but that's just the key. The reason it's cheesy is because it's the truth and you can't not get away with it. Yeah, yeah, consistency, that's a good point too. Uh, I forgot this Chinese expression or whatever was saying that if you drop a bucket of water on a rock, nothing is going to happen to the rock. But if you yeah. keep dropping one drop a day over a long period of time, it's going to make a hole or a dent yeah. in that rock. So consistency. Yeah. It's, it's, the, the, sorry to jump in your words. It's, it's, the expression is something like that. I think it says the, 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 the sea or whatever, the, the earth doesn't dig through the stone by by crushing it mm -hmm. it will dig through the stone through patience and gradual raining yeah basically. yeah that's and, and and that's powerful that's consistency is powerful and like you said you're on that journey as well and i'm i'm on a similar path where i'm trying to figure out how i can best allocate my time to certain things but yeah. there is so many different options and so many different things that actually Time management is not a thing anymore. It's attention management. And if you can manage yeah. your attention, that's very powerful. That's that's something that I'm, I'm trying to work on. And the challenge comes in where there's so many options available and you're like, should I do this? Should I do that? But at the end of the yeah. day, we always talk about it. It's execution. So you can have a thousand different ideas. If you don't execute them, they're going to remain as ideas. And you're one of those guys who's started executing on some of those um, some of those ideas that you have, right? Um, what do you think about prompt execution and kind of agile? This agile method of doing, failing, learning, and keep on going. Do you think that works for you? Yeah, like uh, a wise man once said. Uh, just making it sound fancy. It's just one of my friends, the CEO. Uh, he said, "You're." Your power is not summarized in your ideas, but in your execution, basically. Your ideas can be, can be anything. Look at Shark Tank. Look at how, how rudimentary and basic many of their ideas is, but it's a million-dollar idea because they've executed it at that level and they, they've, they've been able to achieve the full potential of their idea. So that's something that doesn't get mentioned because people are so focused on not failing that they don't even try you know like the first time i painted my first painting i you've seen it before you remember how few of my friends they were like man why are you trying to force force this habit why are you trying to paint you know you're not going to be picasso or something like that and i'm not saying i'm i'm, I'm not going to be By picasso. Way, those are I'm like not... one of the worst types of people who shoot down an idea before it's even born yeah yeah, yeah because at the end of the day even if i fail at least I did something. At least now I now I've added something in my head that I yeah. was never there before. And who cares about faith? People need to understand that they're not like they're not. They, nobody cares. Nobody cares about them. Like nobody <laughs> yeah. thinks in, on their couch thinking what why they're doing what they're doing. It's a very moment in time that I I would see something. I would take a glimpse of something, and I would give some sort of a comment to the person who's done it. People shouldn't take that comment into their heart. They, you should always listen to feedback and critique, but you shouldn't let it affect you. You should hear it, but not affect you. It's a different. It's a different thing because people get affected. When you get affected, you're in control. You're no more in control of your own life. You're in control. Everybody else is in control because they know they can change your behavior based on what they say, what they do, and how they're going to be able to react to you. 
Um, so you should just hear things. You should acknowledge them and understand where they're coming from and still be who you are. And if you want to go painting, go continue painting. If not, then go do something else. And, and there's nothing wrong with trying. And I think this is coming more now with how Instagram is changing its culture. Like it used to be a worse app. Now it's a bit more, I guess, business oriented idea or creative oriented. Like people are changing. And by the way, Instagram ruined many, many people's mindsets over the past 10 years. And I think I should say this now that I have some sort of a tribute. Uh, it ruined many people's mindsets. It ruined the way they approach things in life based on I'll attention. Because it, it created attention-oriented people, not impact-oriented people, not productive, not executioners. It created it created the idea of seeking attention for for dopamine, not not doing something interesting actually, but just being able to look cool. To people people put uh, people put more effort into editing their photos on Instagram than actually doing something with their actual real life, with that actually like fixing the dishwasher or like doing mm. something actually real. But they, they would sit down, spend 20 minutes photoshopping a photo to put on Instagram to not be themselves. Like this is like, uh, and this is basically attacking the lowest common denominator of humanity you know taking the worst out of them and putting it and facing them each other and you know and creating confusion anxiety uh and you know basically a facade and this is the worst Roman output and this is the worst output that we could have gotten out of the internet as like that that infrastructure right because we go back to our earlier conversation that we can use the internet as a tool to make so much progress but then this like this itself, this output, this is not good, right? People focusing their attention on things that don't even, don't even matter, like you said. And so many other things, like things don't matter. Like you're going to die tomorrow. No one is really going to care about that quote that you put on Instagram or what someone else said about it or whatever, right? And yeah. no, man, you, you, you absolutely got a point. That's, that's something that is that is going to keep increasing, but people are more conscious of it. Now people are starting to become more conscious of the fact that it doesn't matter. The, the, this, this sort of attention, this sort of dopamine game or high that you get, that doesn't matter. Right. Um, that's, that's a very good point. So you were talking, you, what, 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 what were you talking about? I forgot, man. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, Instagram and how it makes people, um, look at things with a filter hmm. okay and just just going back to just going back to social media and the effects that it has had i mean personally one of the reasons why i closed down instagram is is one reason is because of that the second reason, what deactivated it yeah 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 i deactivated it obviously to doing that <laughs> man you should you should try it like for some time do it for a month or two months see how it feels you know just just yeah. do it see how it feels like like kanye says um like just just go ahead with it and uh, yeah I, I still have facebook but really what i've been trying to do and you're aware of this is consciously trying to remove all of these uh dopamine triggers that just give me fake highs um yeah in, in many Good other point. fields as well but uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. so, 
so yeah, I, I think that that's that's really cool. Try it out. And by the way, where are you really going with this? Do you have a do you have a vision or do you create a, a vision for your five five year from now self? Or do you think that life is too unpredictable to be able to map it out to the next five ten years, of, or maybe like one year is reasonable time frame to forecast things? What do you think of that? Like, I have some visions of where I'm gonna be, but I don't fall in love with my visions because mm. uh, it can it can it can backfire because uh, vision is something. And strategy and technique is something else. You, like what Bezos says, you got to be hard on the vision, but you got to be flexible on the tactics and strategies. Mm. I have some sort of vision of who I will be as a person. People, people's, people vision, vision something like, oh, I'm going to have a Tesla or I'm going to have a mansion or I'm going to do that. These are not visions. These are like a, you're, you're just collecting stuff in the next five years. Is that what you think? That's not a vision. Like I have some visions of who I'll be as a person. Mm -hmm. And in order to achieve that, Alex, I look at things in the now. It's what's happening now. And I take it, I try my best again. I'm also struggling. I have high anxiety and I always overthink stuff and things like that. I understand if anyone else is dealing with the same thing, I, I go through it every day. Um, but you try your best to take things today. What's happening today? And your life is like that Black Mirror episode, you know, uh, the one that you can choose what choose to do next and and what I, I want to see yeah, it. Yeah. Um, exactly. Like you take it day by day. You're like, should I do this? Sure. Should I not do that? Sure. You know what I mean? And, and that will probably help you to be more of who you are, or what you want to be in the next five to 10 years. And I, I have some visions, but it's not something that I can like, you know, yeah, I, I'm going to be that, or I'm going to be this or that. It's just exploring more of us. Cause at the end of the day, I'm 25 and this is the age where I need to explore and travel paths that are not traveled. I got this from Bezos. It's not mine, uh, but um, yeah, like uh, Bezos, speaking of Bezos, he has a very interesting saying. He's like, "I regret the untraveled paths more than the badly traveled paths," mm -hmm. and I think that's that's something everybody needs to know. Not doing things will going to be your biggest regret when you end up becoming forty or fifty or whatever, because you're not going to have as much window of opportunity because you're not as attractive in society, pretty much. And by that time, if you don't have some sort of an expertise, uh, it's going to be very hard. And something which is important that I'm struggling the way you're able to do many other things is when you have expertise in at least one thing. That's when people will have respect for you. At least that's the way the structure is. Um, so building an expertise is very important to whoever that wants to do many things like me. We all need to understand that you need to at least have expertise in something. You need to you need to show that you've proven to be good at at least one thing really good. Then the trust with other things comes at it. You know, and if you look at it, every great person that you know started with one thing, and then later on they start exploring many other fields yeah. that they wanted to do. Yeah. This is a struggle, by the way, because with the amount of uh, information that you have, with the amount of things that you can constantly do, it's going to be hard to focus on at least one thing. It's a big commitment. But is it necessary? Again, yeah, it goes back to attention management. And it's hard because then you're like, I'm focusing and putting my time and energy in this while I can be doing a thousand other things. So the opportunity cost is those thousand other things, right? Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. to your point is that we need to be specialized in at least one thing so that we can have the voice to explore uh, other areas as well, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think so. It, I think that would be the ideal way. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Mm. Well, look, we're at the 34 minute mark now. Maybe we can uh, put a nice uh, tie on this and uh, wrap it up. But if you have any, uh, any closing thing, remarks, anything that you want to talk about, um, it's all yours. Not really in my head. I think uh, it's a good thing that you're doing. I think it's very necessary for people to hear everyone's voice because when you have the platform, why not listen to everybody? Why only listen to a, a, a very limited amount of people on the internet who's got everyone's attention, you know? Um, I think that's cool. I don't have anything to say. And I'm not going to finish my sentence like Michelangelo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. man. I pre appreciate, your, appreciate your time and your thoughts. Uh, we'll probably circle back and uh, do more of these, but um, thanks for joining, man. Thank you.